Welcome to the Grace Story Podcast, where we introduce you to interesting people and their inspiring stories. From Grace professors, current students, and distinguished alumni, to special guests and speakers on our campus, you can meet new people and hear how they are impacting the world around them. This podcast is recorded and produced at Grace College and Seminary, located on the shores of Winona Lake in the great state of Indiana. This is the Grace Story Podcast, and I'm your host today, Nathan Harris, Vice President of Advancement here at Grace College and Seminary. Today on the podcast, we have Steve Wong. Steve is a fifth-generation Chinese-American and pastors an English-speaking Asian-American church in the San Francisco Bay Area. In fact, Steve has been pastoring at Fellowship Bible Church for 38 years. And Steve, we're going to want to talk about this here in a little bit. <laughs> he was saved at the church as a teenager in 1979, joined the staff in 1985, and then became the senior pastor in 1992. Steve attended California Bible College and then went on to seminary. Steve is married to Daisy, and they have four daughters who love serving the Lord. Aside from family and pastoral ministries, Steve serves on the board of directors for biblical ministries worldwide for the past 21 years, which supports around 500 missionaries around the world. He's on the board of directors for IFCA International for the past seven years. He serves on a pastoral campus board for Chinese church youth camps, volunteers as a police chapman, uh, chaplain for Belmont Police. And in his spare time, Steve has started a podcast with his young adult and music pastor to teach their church theology. It's called Tin Cup Theology. And over the last few days, I've listened to a handful of episodes and really appreciate how they want to show theology, how theology matters in the everyday life of Christians. Steve, welcome to the podcast. Great. Thank you. So first, I want to jump in. I have so many questions that we could be asking you today, but why don't you tell us a little bit more about your conversion and your call to ministry? I was 17 years old. I had never been to church. And uh, well, my mom said she brought me when I was really little. I misbehaved and never brought me back. Uh, but um, but I grew up in a non-Christian home. Uh, the youth sponsors at the church that I serve at invited me to a camp out. Uh, they invited another cousin. He was the good guy. So they thought he'd come and I was the, the crazy one and they didn't think I would come, but I came. And that's when I first heard uh, about the gospel. And it was so intriguing to me. I spent the next three months asking all of those apologetic questions. Uh, and the church was so kind and gracious to try to answer to the best of their ability. <laughs> three months in, uh, the Sunday school teacher says, oh, Steve, you ready to trust Christ? I had more questions. And, uh, and, but there was no question in my mind that I was a sinner. There was no question that I couldn't save myself and that uh, Christ did uh, the work to accomplish my salvation. So I, <laughs> when, when I trusted Christ, these are the most untheological words. I said, I'll give it a shot. <laughs> I know that sounds totally goofy, but I, I truly trusted Christ as my savior at that day. And I was, uh, I was about 17 years old. And, uh, and a year later, the Lord called me into ministry. Hmm. And what did that call look like for you? I mean, you, be you became a Christian at a young age, really did not come out of a Christian family or background. Did you just start wrestling, man, I, I love the Lord, I want to serve him? Or, you know, did you have somebody affirm it in your life, call you to it, and you kind of wanted to run? What did, what did your call look like? Yeah, so I, I just uh, get, I got involved in serving in so many different ways. I just loved serving the Lord. I knew that's what I wanted to do and pursue. I mean, I didn't know if I would be a teacher or a pastor, but I just knew I just wanted to serve the Lord. And so I talked to my pastor about that and 
And so he directed me towards uh, eventually a, a Bible college. And, mm. uh, and it's, uh, but it was, it was early on. I had that passion. My dad uh, really fought against me going into the ministry. Mm. Uh, he threatened to kick me out of the house and it was a shameful thing, you know, for me to become a pastor. Uh, so it was something that I really had to be convinced of yeah. to go into uh, at the risk of uh, being kicked out of the family. Yeah. So it sounds like your your call to ministry wasn't just like a haphazard decision of like, oh, this is something I could do. I mean, you had to really weigh out the family dynamics and everything that that went along with that. So I mean, I appreciate it. And I hope our listeners are encouraged to, to hear that, to pursue the Lord's calling faithfully. Uh, one of the things I really appreciate as I read your bio was how long you have pastored at the same church. So it's not just, you know, multiple decades of pastoring and you've been around the country, but you've spent the last is it 38 years at Fellowship Bible Church. Now, I, I you know, never want to shame somebody for age, but uh, you've pastored longer than our college students have been alive. And then I started doing, <laughs> I did the math, you've pastored at the same church longer than I've been alive. So I, I want to touch on, you know, what does that look like in terms of the benefits that your church has received from having a pastor with a long tenure? Uh, well, it might show they didn't know any better. <laughs> uh, one of the things for me is that they know me and they know my flaws and they've been gracious. They remember me when I was an unsaved high schooler. Mm. And so I have to pay a lot of shush money just to keep those stories <laughs> quiet. I'm just kidding. Back. But it's, uh, uh, but they, they, they do know my weaknesses. And so, so they've been very patient with me and very, very caring. And they're like family to me. And so, um, and so I think that's perhaps some of the benefits, hopefully a little bit of stability. One of the joys is that my associate pastor, I've served with him 40 years. We've been on staff together for 35. And so, uh, so just to have partners in the ministry and to, uh, to shepherd the people that, uh, that shepherded me, uh, it was awkward, but you know it's it's a real honor in the long yeah. long run. Yeah, that's that's incredible. You know, I, you've probably heard the statistic, but you know the average pastorate right now is uh, roughly about four years. But sociological studies say it almost takes double that amount of time to really have an impact in ministry from relationship building, you know, et cetera. So, what encouragements would you have for somebody who feels called to the ministry? Uh, what encouragements would you have for pursue long-term ministry in the same place? Um, number one is is to really love your your people, and, and when when you love them, they're your family, and you don't want to be away from them. I think secondly is really pursue peace with all people, and just there's there's some controversy you just can't avoid and there's doctrinal heresies you must divide from but uh but in every way that you can you just uh, you just try to make sure you pick your battles yeah. and uh, and i think early on in my ministry i i made mountain out of molehills and I think later on, you just kind of realize oh, those aren't the things I really need to fight over yeah. and try to choose my battles more wisely. Yeah. I really appreciate one of the, the first things you said in answering that question was love love your people or love your people well. And as, you've, as your tenure has progressed at the church, how have you seen yourself grow in loving them? I remember one time I had a mentor tell me ministry would be great if it weren't for the people. And, <laughs> and he said it tongue in cheek. It's a joke. But... Uh, you know, there, there's somewhat of a reality of when you're when you're 
you're pastoring, you're, you're always on, you're always answering the questions, you're in, in the muck and mire of everything. And of course there's joys, but how have you seen yourself grow and uh, love your people well? Um, I think part of it is to, to really get involved and care about some of their deepest hurts and the things they go through in life. And that if I'm walking the journey of life with them, they're walking it with me. Mm. And so there's, there's really, a, it's a symbiotic relationship uh, that I'll try to bless them. And they, they are definitely a blessing to me. We'll go through, we'll go, go through some of the, the hardships from birth to death together. Mm. Mm. And uh, and I think that's that's part of it is is having that depth of of uh, of intimacy. Mm. Well, that's a good word. That's good. You know, we're we're sitting in Winona Lake, Indiana. You're pastoring. You've lived in the San Francisco Bay area for decades. You know, two very similar places from climate uh, climate to uh, people. Uh, clearly, kidding. Uh, yes. <laughs> completely different uh, demographics. Uh, you know, we were looking at your church, and one of the questions that that came up as we were talking as a staff is, you know, what what are some of the benefits or challenges you see in, in pastoring your church where it's at, and then also just the uniqueness of your church being an English speaking Asian American church. So what's it like on the West Coast and what's it like pastoring your people? Yes, the uh, the area of San Francisco is tremendously liberal and the the attack can come uh, from uh, from just where you stand on uh, moral issues, political issues and they might be okay with you being a Christian but Depending on your position on marriage, or mm. gender, or politics, those those things can be real hot buttons. And so, uh, we we had somebody in a members class ask, "What what are the most controversial issues our church is dealing with?" And I said, "Well, I think number one, politics. Mm. I think we are a purple church, mm-hmm. uh, and that's going to happen in California. Yeah. Our our church is a, a uh, is a polling place, and so they do the elections there." And it, it's amazing how how liberal our town is, and so it's um, it's trying to show love to a community that's lost, uh, trying not to be offensive in the way that we promote ourselves, but but to give us the opportunity to, to share the gospel through through love and through mm-hmm. service, uh, and not trying to be an offense. Mm-hmm. That's why I, I joined the uh, a police chaplaincy just so I can help serve in. The community, and I'm trying to show the community that I'm there for them, and mm-hmm. we want to be there for the community, uh, rather than uh, trying to be in your face about our proclivities. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, uh, so, so that's that's one of the challenges. Uh, they they will they will tear you apart if they don't if they don't like you, yeah. and it's it's very very vicious, yeah. and uh, and and so it's it's just. Uh, if if we're going to have to get into a battle, that'd be about the gospel, and it'd be about the scriptures, and, and then not be about secondary issues. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a wise word to to always be thinking the level of importance in which we are placing uh, topics in which we will discuss, debate, and divide over. Yeah. Right. Right. Now, Steve, you clearly care about ministry and missions. So you've been serving on the board of Biblical Ministries Worldwide for the last 21 years. Uh, you know, that that really means that you've seen God work in some incredible ways through through missions organizations. How has serving on a missions board or a missions organization impacted the way that you pastor? 
That's uh, it's given me a greater global sense of how God loves the world. Hmm. Uh, being born and raised five generations in the Bay Area and in, in the San Francisco area, I can very be very myopic about how I see life and how I see Christianity and yeah. how I see faith. I can look at it through an Asian American culture, which is different than even a lot of other sectors here in America. Uh, and uh, Biblical Ministries has intentionally put us in different parts of the world so we could see what our missionaries are doing and mm. the difficulties of their ministry on the field. And they want us to be hands-on so that mm. we're not a board that sits in a little room making decisions for them, never knowing what they're going through, but that we can go out and be a servant to them, uh, see how we could serve them, but seeing what they're doing head-on. And so it, give, it, it has given me a greater global perspective of how God loves the world and that the way that we do things at our church and the way we do things in our city or in our culture, it's not the only way. And God's a lot bigger than that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a uh, missions organizations give us all a worldwide perspective mm -hmm. that it's outside of just our concentric circle of where we live and encourage us to look, look beyond. Yes. I love that. I love yeah. that. Um, Steve, you wear a lot of hats. You know, I read through your bio, and I hope everybody listening heard all the different things that you're doing, not just from your family ministry of being a husband and a father, but you're pastoring a church, you're serving on multiple boards, you're working in missions, evangelism, et cetera. My mind is spinning on how you keep yourself organized on a day-to-day -day basis. So, you know, one of the questions we, we want to know is, uh, would you share with us one or two secrets you have for keeping your life organized and effective? Uh, I am living chaos. <laughs> <laughs> I have attention issues. <laughs> I am easily distracted. Uh, squirrel. And... Um, <laughs> And, and so uh, so I don't know if I can provide that answer for you, except I have a very organized wife uh, that helps me uh, to, to know what's going on. And I, I credit her tremendously, a Google calendar that sometimes I look at and a, and a, and a church staff that uh, is, is par excellent and yeah. to, to work with. Uh, but otherwise, I'm living chaos. Yeah. Living chaos needs to surround themselves with people who can keep things organized. So you're a wise man, Steve, for, for recognizing the weaknesses and strengths in which the Lord has has provided you. Um, you know, we're, we're going to offer one of our listeners who comments on our, our YouTube page, uh, our YouTube video, with one of their favorite organizational hacks, uh, whether that's an app they're using or methods that they're using. We all want to know uh, how to bring some type of order to the chaos that we have in our lives. So if you share it, you might win a um, you might win a mug. I want to talk about uh, tin cup theology. I love it. Uh, I, I've listened to goodness three or four episodes now uh, over the last couple of days. I'm uh, really have enjoyed it, and I have a couple of questions about it. Sure. Where did the name come from? Um, the name came from our coffee cups. We have those uh, those insulated metal mugs, yeah. you know, and, uh, and so our, my, my young pastor, he, he thought of it and he, and so we start off by clinking those cups of coffee, uh, to start it off, uh, to start off our podcast. And so that's, that's where the name that's came fantastic. from is that we talk theology over coffee. That's fantastic. I love that. It, it, that, that speaks to the, the, the heart, uh, of why you guys are doing the podcast, which we'll, we'll talk about here, uh, actually right now. So, you know, I, as I listen to 
a couple of the podcasts, I could really hear the um, motivations behind it is really getting rich theology into the lives of your congregation or in the lives of your church members. So why don't you talk uh, for uh, a little bit on why is it important for us to be talking theology to our church members? Sure. It's... um the reason why we started the podcast, I had been teaching a theology class at our church on Tuesday nights for over 20 something years. And, you know, and the, the attendance was kind of dwindling. And my younger pastor said, well, you know, we live in a different day and age. Why don't you podcast it? And uh, people are looking for more instant uh, accessibility and they want to listen to it in their car and stop it and restart it when they get back in. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, let's, let's give it a try. So it was, it was, it was his uh, idea. And uh, our church folks have, have really caught on to it. Even the younger generation uh, has uh, shown interest in it. And it's important to ground them theologically. We did the, an introduction to theology or theology proper as mm -hmm. our first season. We're, we're going to start bibliology next week. And, uh, and then Christology after that. And it's, um, if, if they don't know the right things about God, they won't know the right things to do. Yeah. And so if orthodoxy precedes orthopraxy, yeah. uh, they, they need to be grounded in that. And it's going to affect everything in, in terms of their hermeneutic, their, um, and their sanctification, and we wanted them to have a, a good foundation yeah. theologically. Yeah, yeah the, the podcast is hitting that that circle of life that we want to lead all of our church members to know and to live out is uh, studying theology. You know God, the more you know God, the more you love God, the more you love God, the more you serve God, the more you serve God, the more you want to know God. And so having that podcast follow that circle, that spiral effect for, for people has been, uh, it's been fun for me all the way out here in Indiana to listen to, but what has been your favorite episode thus far that you've recorded? Hmm. Maybe the one where we talked about atheism and another one where we talked about science, uh, and trying to understand how how God uh, is the creator and how theology how theology leads us to science uh, because we want to know what the creator created and how he created it yeah. and uh, and that even the modern science movement was founded uh, by theologians Calvin mm -hmm. cast people into knowing the universe better mm -hmm. uh, because of who God is and I think that was one of my favorite podcasts of just uh, having a lot of engineers and scientists and medical professionals at our church, you know, they 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 like to think of themselves as scientists, and for them to be able to to relate to a God who packed all that information into DNA and the to the expanse of the universe uh, is is an exciting challenge. Yeah, that's fantastic. Now, one last question for you uh, before we we close out here: How can people keep up with what you're doing? Contact you. Um, reach out if they have any questions for you. Sure. Um, well, our, our church website is fbc-belmont.org. Uh, and on, on there has my email. And I, I would love to be uh, contacted and, and be a, a resource uh, to, to anybody there. Um, and, uh, and that's where our, our podcast can be found. And, uh, you know, we're, we're teaching through the gospel of Luke and, uh, and we have uh, a bunch of other things there that can be a, a helpful resource. 
Appreciate Not as good as what other churches do, but we're trying. <laughs> faithfully, faithfully, uh, pursuing faithfulness. Steve, well, Steve, we, we're so grateful that you've joined us here today. You're in chapel, grateful for you to be on the podcast, and so excited for what you're doing and your church is doing uh, out on the West Coast, and we hope and pray that we can continue to stay in contact with you. Thank you to everyone for listening to the Grace Story podcast. Thanks to Rick and Avery for their work in producing this podcast. Do us a favor and like, comment, subscribe, and share this podcast so others can discover us and be inspired as well. Do you have any questions, comments, or jokes you'd like to share with us? We want to hear from you. You can email us at podcast at grace.edu. And until next time, live your best grace story today. Thank you. Thank you.